Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. It's a signing day eve edition of the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle, and we have a ton of signing day news to get to. Penn State obviously getting ready to ink another group of prospects here as the early signing period kicks off on Wednesday. We're talking to you at 11 a.m. on Tuesday, December 14th. And Ryan, BlueWhiteIllustrated.com has had all the latest news on these commitments as they've unfolded throughout the year. Any drama that's popped up between the time a guy picks and him uh, being able to put pen to paper, which this class of 2022 will do for the first time. And we have one name to talk about as somebody to keep an eye on, but by and large, buddy, this has been a fairly pain-free cycle for Penn State after that huge recruiting run that happened back during the summer. Yeah. Yeah, that's just how Franklin likes it. I mean, I think they'd love to, they would have liked to add an offensive tackle. I think that was pretty clear down the stretch. But uh, yeah, no, uh, no drama on signing day is a good thing. Um, for the most part, uh, I would I would say usually, usually when you want drama, it, I think it usually goes the other way, especially when you have a class like this with 25 guys. But uh, the player you're alluding to, of course, is Andre Roy, offensive tackle from St. Francis. He took an official visit to USC this past weekend. And uh that I, I I'll just get to the point. I mean, I think Penn State feels pretty good that he's going to sign with them. Uh, now we are, you know, probably about 24 hours out from knowing that. And uh, Roy's a, a difficult guy to read. You know, that was the case throughout his recruitment. That remains the case now. I believe Penn State had a conversation with him shortly after his USC visit, and you know that's what kind of gave the staff the confidence that uh, things are still aligning for them. But we will see, right? You know that there's uh, 
we're, we're teasing all this no drama and then of course it would be fitting to have a little bit of drama uh at some point but um we will see uh how how it ends up shaking out but penn state feels pretty good right now and uh I would, I would, I'm expecting him to sign. So one of the guy I will mention real quick, of course, is uh, Katron Allen, uh, who, of course, you know, Jaywan Sider is uh, being linked with Florida. Whether that actually happens or not, we're still kind of up in the air. But um, yeah, he's he's someone to maybe watch if if Jaywan were to leave. But uh, you know, as of 11 a.m. on Tuesday, he's still the Nittany Lion. And of course, I mean, where's Katron going to switch to too? With with you know a, a day to go. I mean, I guess he he could. Hold course hold off and or sign later in the week if you wanted to go somewhere else but he would just be a name to potentially monitor but looks looks good right now for Penn State do you think the fact that St. Francis has a guy like Derek Moore and like Jay Sean Barham who kind of have let this process play out a little bit longer than most expected does that have any impact on Andre Roy and whether he might hold off on deciding here or do you think that uh, to me I get the sense that Penn State as you just said should feel pretty good about how this will shake out but this is arguably one of the quietest recruits we've uh, ever dealt with uh, in some respects, uh, at least I have uh, in this class of 2022 and just in general. And there's also the fact, too, that, you know, he goes to a school where there's just not a lot of information out there, not a lot of stats, not a lot of videos, things like that. So uh, but I guess I'm not going to ask you to put it on a scale here, but I guess let's just finish with this as we sit here roughly 24 hours from when Penn State would like to have all of its national letters of intents, and you feel pretty good that it will get Andre Royce before all is said and done on, on Wednesday? That's what people are telling me. <laughs> I can't act like I'm uh, talking to Andre about it too much. And uh, again, I mean, he's just difficult to read. So I, I don't, I think even Penn State, uh, I wouldn't want to say struggles to get in touch with him. I mean, that's not the right way to put it, but I mean, put it this way. He's someone who committed on a Thursday night, and then didn't really talk to the coaching staff about it for an hour or two later. I mean, I think that kind of sums it up, um, you know, when it comes to his level of communication uh, with the coaching staff at times. So, again, they feel good. I'm being told they feel good. We got 24 hours. We'll find out. I, I don't know All what right. else to really add than that. Well, let's set up the signing day schedule for us at Blue White Illustrated. You're going to see stories and message board posts inside the Lions 10 forum throughout the day at bluewhiteillustrated.com on Tuesday. Then we're going to, of course, have wall-to-wall coverage on Wednesday. We're going to have the National Signing Day HQ on the homepage. We'll be tracking all of the commitments as their national letters and letters of intent come in and are, of course, announced by the Penn State football program. And then we'll also, obviously, hear from James Franklin and some coaches later in the day. So if you want to join us, it's $1 to sign up for 365 days of access to Blue White Illustrated and on three obviously the early signing day is here but there's Outback Bowl coverage to come and so much more as we get into the new year so join us today bluewhiteillustrated.com Ryan this is a group that's pretty tight knit it's a group that's had many of its players committed to it for quite a long time and as we get into sort of the the rest of the show here I think it's a good time to dive into some superlatives and, and things that stand out to us about this class guys who stand out to us about this class I should also note that there's going to be a live show on Wednesday night technology permitting of course 6 p.m. at youtube.com slash blue white illustrated T Frank Ryan and we'll see who else will be joining uh, those two as they break down this class once everything is official so you're going to get back-to-back recruiting podcasts this week uh, 
which of course is fitting because it is the early signing period. But Ryan, let's get into our first superlative here as we talk on uh, December 14th, one day before all this becomes official. Who's the head of the class, right? Who's the top guy in this class? And it depends, you know, you can define this in any number of directions. I went with Drew Aller. Obviously, you could pick just about anybody. He's probably the easiest pick mm -hmm. to project a quarterback five, on three consensus five-star out of Ohio. Where do you land here with the obvious caveat being that it would be very boring if we both picked the same guy, so you're going to go in a slightly yeah. different direction? Well, if there's, I mean, if there's ever one you have to pick, though, the same, it's kind of Drew, right? I mean, for, for head of the class, the number one quarterback in the country. I mean, you could go with Nick Singleton, too, just the fact that he's the top guy in Pennsylvania. Uh, I think that, that's a fair pick. But, uh, I mean, I'd, I'm stretching, right, if, I, if I'm looking for somebody who's uh, head of the class and not the number one quarterback in the country. So I think that's, I think that's the easy pick there. Uh, I mean, I, again, you know, Nick being a, a Pennsylvania guy would probably be where I would lean with that. Um, trying to look, I mean, deny, I guess, but, uh, I mean, I think we have him up for some other, some other superlatives. So, uh, Drew, Drew's definitely the pick there. I mean, he's an incredible quarterback. He's incredible off the field, uh, and just showing that steady progression, man, he's, he's deserved every uh, accolade that he's got was just named Mr. Ohio the other week, which is, which is awesome. man. Mr. Ohio, you know, or Mr. Football in Ohio, excuse me, uh, is a, is a big award out there. So, uh, really happy for Drew and excited to see his progress. Yeah, he was not the Gatorade Player of the Year in Ohio. That went to an Ohio State yeah. linebacker commit. And, you know, hey, that's just the way those things boil down sometimes. So we'll see. Nick Singleton, you mentioned, was the PA Gatorade Player of the Year. We'll find out soon whether or not he wins the overall national award for that. He's one of three finalists. Stay tuned to BlueWayIllustrated.com and also social media for the latest on that. All right, next on our list here of signing day superlatives for Penn State's currently top 15 Class of 2022 is the most impressive get. Ryan, I'll let you go first here. I'll change the script. If you want to pick my guy, go ahead because I have another one. So <laughs> make your pick for most impressive get of this Penn State Class of 2022. Well, yeah. So I'll, I will take the easy out and I'll go with deny here just from the perspective of uh, Penn State beat out Alabama and Georgia. And, you know, you don't you don't see that. Uh, as often as um, I think Penn State fans would like. And it's, it's hard, man. I mean, they're, they're Alabama's the king for a reason, and uh, Georgia has all the bells and whistles and all the momentum in the world. I mean, Georgia's landed how many five-star players over the years? So uh, when you look at Penn State's connection with McDonough, I think that was a, a major reason why Kenny Sanders having the connection to McDonough that he has. I mean, we we talk about John Scott and Franklin and Pry had a hand on it, and they all – I mean, everybody. This was a total staff effort, but uh, – Big shout out to Kenny Sanders, too, because I think he had a major role in, in getting denied Dennis Sutton over over the over the line uh, when it what was it back in July when, when he committed. So uh, that's I think that's the easy get. But I mean, there's a lot of guys. I mean, Caden Saunders is incredibly impressive, too. So um, we, we could go on and on. Uh, but denies the easy pick, I think. I'm going to take a little bit of an abstract way of looking at this, and it's because, like you said, the easy and obvious pick here is deny Dennis Sutton. But I'm going to go with the idea that despite a 7-5 and five season that include a pretty rough stretch down the stretch, Penn State did not suffer uh, decommitments, did not really have any drama in terms of guys wanting to visit elsewhere. And you know what? It doesn't happen very often when you're seven and five and when you've, mm -hmm. you know, lose to Illinois in November at home and things like that. So to me, the biggest get is the fact that they, they picked up all these commitments, Ryan. And unless things totally fall apart in 20 hours, which we're not expecting to happen, Penn State's seven and five season and the fact that they're what, 11 and two, I think, in the last two years, 
did not keep them from signing what's going to be considered one of the best classes in the country. So to me, I think that's worth noting in this section. And again, you can go a number of different ways when you talk about picking who the most impressive or important get is. But I just think the fact that there was no real issue to hold this class together, despite some of the on-field challenges, says a lot about what they believe this program is capable of in the future. So we'll mark that down as James Franklin's contract extension. That was sure. the most impressive get. <laughs> well played. <laughs> like, yes. That's the best way to look at it. All right, yes. that works. No question. All right, total commitment. And this is, again, one of those ones that you can define in different ways. But we can look at it one of two ways. A guy who's done a lot of work to build the class once he committed or the longest tenured commit. I know you have somebody in mind maybe for one of these categories, Ryan. I'm going to go with the longest tenured commit. And there were a few guys who were in the ballpark the same way he was, but it's Caden Saunders. Mm -hmm. You mentioned him just a few minutes ago. Four-star receiver out of Westerville, Ohio. He was committed, I believe it was July 25, 2020. He then came out with a statement in May of the, about a year, uh, almost a year later, a little bit less, and said that he was locked in despite other schools kind of giving him the opportunity to come visit during that upcoming contact with Alabama. Or what have you. Uh, Alabama, Alabama being one of them. Yeah. yeah, that was the school that gave him something to think about. Like, go and on, sorry. So what is it? Yeah, so I mean, and I think that's important to note here because when we talk about denied Dennis Sutton, we always say, well, he's the one that Penn State fended off Alabama and Georgia for. Well, I think it's easy to forget because he's been committed for so long that Penn State had to fend off a charge from the Crimson Tide for Caden Saunders as well. And, mm -hmm. again, it goes back to the work these guys have done that despite – you, who would have blamed Caden Saunders for visiting Alabama after no one could visit anywhere? for about mm -hmm. 15, 16 months. Who would have blamed him? Even if he wasn't going to mm -hmm. go there, just to go to go would have been, I think, something a lot of people could have understood. And so the fact that Penn State and the way they have a relationship with him, he didn't even want to do that, I think says so much about his commitment to the program and their commitment to him. Yeah, just a quick story on Caden, uh, and I'll get to my guy in a second. But, uh, I mean, Caden's the one who totally came up with the locked-in graphic that everybody went crazy about in, in what was it, May and into the summer. Uh, he, you know, he had these talks with Alabama for a little while and he was talking to Penn State and, you know, the, Penn State, of course, didn't want him to visit. And, you know, he, he just he was just doing his due diligence. Right. I mean, whenever a school like Alabama comes calling him, it gives you something to think about. I mean, Nick Saban's uh, the king for a reason. Uh, but anyway, after after those conversations, Caden uh, was the one who really wanted to put out a, a graphic. He wanted to really put out something that said, hey. Uh, you know, I want I want everybody to know I'm 100 percent locked in. And, uh, you know, that's that's just kind of how that was born. So, you know, we saw Drew Aller do it eventually and Boca Beulah and uh, a bunch of guys. But uh, that wasn't Penn State's idea. That was Caden Saunders idea. So I think that's just something Great. cool for, for fans to know. Uh, the other easy pick here. I mean, Boca Beulah, of course, was committed for a really long time. He committed in August. Uh, he grew up a Penn State fan. That's that's an easy pick, too. Uh, I'll go with Jerry Cross, though, as maybe my true selection here and First off, he committed, what was it, I think three days after Caden Saunders? Yes, I think it was the 28th uh, July, of July. Yes. 28th, yeah. Yep. So, uh, and, you know, he, Caden, or excuse me, Jerry didn't have, you know, this this load of offers, but he had quality offers. And, and being from Wisconsin, and Wisconsin was on him hard, he did visit Wisconsin in 2019. You know, Jerry actually didn't visit Penn State until the summer, I believe. I think it was his official visit. I think that is actually remains his only visit to Penn State, if, if I recall correctly. Uh, so just the fact that he's, 
you know, when it comes to total commitment, I mean, it is it is a total commitment to this coaching staff and the relationship he's built. He's again, hasn't really been to state college that much. But, uh, you know, really, of course, it was Tyler Bowen who started and Ty Howe. Give Ty Howe a lot of credit because, uh, you know, uh, Jerry had a lot to think about when, when Bowen left. And, uh, you know, he picked up right where uh, right where Bowen left off. So give Howe a lot of credit. But, yeah, Jerry, Jerry Cross and his commitment to this coaching staff and, you know, everything that they've recruited him, uh, pitched him, I guess you would say, over the years. Uh, I think he's the easy pick there. Awesome. Well, he's a guy who, if I'm not mistaken, Ryan, didn't play a ton during his senior season. Is that right? Yeah, he had a couple, uh, I believe it was a high ankle sprain. So yeah, I think he missed like the first half of the season, came back, um, you know, played a, played sparingly. Um, but uh, he, he says he's 100 percent now, which is which is what matters and uh, all focused on training. I know Penn State's, you know, they, they we've limited film, but uh, Penn State has no real issues there. They're, they're really happy with how he's filled out physically and uh, they're excited to get him in there, get him in there. Uh, All right. Well, we are halfway through this edition of the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. We're going through superlatives and some awards and whatnot for this class of 2022 that is going to sign with Penn State on Wednesday. We're talking to you on Tuesday. Don't forget a signing day live show with T. Frank with Ryan. Blue White Illustrated. Uh, YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash blue white illustrated is where you're going to find that on Wednesday night at 6 p.m. So stay tuned uh, for all the updates between now and then because they will be coming fast and furious as we get into the final hours here before national letters of intent start rolling in and everything kind of gets locked up here. So we're going through some awards and some individual kind of honors for guys that we uh, have enjoyed getting to see in this recruiting process and learned a little bit about. Next one for us, Ryan, highlight reel. This is the guy whose tape blows us away more than anyone else in the cycle. And, you know, when you're talking about – somebody had pointed this out inside our Lions Den forum recently. And when you're talking about uh, the number of four stars and the number of five stars Penn State has committed, it kind of goes without saying that they're going to have good film and they're going to have good stats for the most part. And this class is certainly no exception here. I think you could probably talk to 10 people and you're going to find 10 different uh, things that people like, you know, someone's film better or this about or that about whatever. Mm -hmm. So where are you going here? Go ahead and start the bidding. I mean, you know, this is the easy, I mean, I think this is the easiest pick of them all and it has to be Nick Singleton, right? I mean, it's, there's a, I mean, we could, we will find other guys to talk about. Um, you know, we can talk about this one for a couple of minutes, but I mean, Nick is just so impressive, man. 6,000 plus yards uh, throughout his career, 2,000 yards rushing this year, and he just makes it look so easy. And, and they're in, a, of course, a pretty run heavy offense, uh, but just, man, his vision is so incredible. He's, you know, I don't want to say I don't want to say sneaky fast because we know he's fast now. I, I, a year and a half ago, I, I I was wondering just how fast he really is, and you know now we know he's he's a certainly a, a four five high four four kind of guy. So uh, just physically and everything, I mean he does he does it all, man. He can run you over, he can run right by you, and uh, you know he can juke you out of your pants with his vision. So uh, I think Nick Singleton is the easy pick there. Uh, I'll let you go next, and I I can throw a bunch of names on guys that uh, you know that stand out to me. But you go ahead. Who's your guy? Yeah, I mean, again, you could go so many different ways here, and obviously it's easy to start at the top of the class and say Drew Aller because his film, I think, looks a little bit different and a little bit more polished than it did a year ago. And if you're, you know, when you're recruiting somebody who that is, that's highly regarded, and when someone has moved up the rankings that much, look, what these guys do in the offseason has a role in it, but a lot of it goes back to game scouting and watching full games and how they command an offense and how they're able to play in it. 
And when you're talking about somebody who rose so much between where he was at this time last year and where he is now, you know, I, I think you have to make a note that his highlight reel in ways uh, is a big part of that. So I'm going to make the easy out there and take him. Who are some guys you like to watch, though? One highlight mm-hmm. reel I'm going to point to, is, and that's unique, is Malik McNeil. The three-star offensive lineman from <laughs> crushing, Massachusetts who crushing the kid <laughs> and crushes uh, opponents. Yeah, uh, he has one of the more unique huddle videos, I believe, in the class of 2022. Yeah. Well, there's not a ton of film on Malik, so <laughs> just that punt and then crushing the kid is like that's the highlight of the year, right? Like the single play that uh, I think fans uh, enjoyed watching the most. There, uh, I- I'll go. I mean, I think Malik is that the only thing Malik put out this year. I think it was maybe. Yeah, I mean, he has like only like three or four minutes of film, but that that play is incredible. Uh, I mean, the competition with, think, he plays there is just not. I mean, just for the record, I mean, it's. I think you could, could put out literally tons. stack the kids. Yeah, I mean, the kid that he could, crushes is like two Maliks. You know, like <laughs> you could put out tons yeah. of film, uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, there's uh, there's uh, certainly a, a little bit of a lack of uh, competition in that league he plays in. No question. One guy I want to mention is definitely Abdul Carter. Uh, I think we I think we saw some really good film out of him this year. That St. Joseph's prep game, uh, the first one they played, was incredibly impressive. You know, 15-plus tackles, made some monstrous plays to get a huge upset over eventually the, the state runner-up. Uh, so, this, yeah, this is the game here. I mean, this was this, – this single highlight, um, you know, this single game was one of the most impressive games I saw. Now, I went and actually uh, saw Abdul Carter play as well against McDonough, and he didn't play the whole game. He just had a minor injury. They took him out. They were up, you know, 20-plus points. Um, but, uh, you know, he made, some, he made some huge plays in that game too. Uh, I think he forced an interception on a hurry. He got a fourth down stop just when McDonough was starting to get momentum. I mean, he's the kind of player who uh, – you know, really, really show that he can make big plays in big moments. And that, that wasn't, I mean, I haven't, obviously with the pandemic and stuff, I didn't get to watch him as much my junior year or his junior year, my junior year, his junior year as I would have liked. Uh, but that was one thing that, that really grabbed my eye this year is the, the two to three games where I really watched the full game of Abdul. Because, um, of course, I want to see him four times, but, uh, you know, he didn't play against McDavid. But when I have really focused on him, you know, it's not just about highlights. It's about full game. You know, he really just steps up in those big moments. So Abdul is definitely someone I want to mention. And also KJ Winston. Uh, KJ I watched him play against Emetep this year, um, who, of course, they also went to the 5A state championship in Pennsylvania. And KJ just absolutely took over that game. Uh, Emetep ended up winning in the end. But, you know, he he just offense and defense. And whenever they needed a big play, he was there. I mean, they, he got a fourth down stop at the goal line he had. He had three or four monsters catches uh, when DeMatha was really struggling to move the ball. So just, just one of those kind of players that, uh, you know, again, when, when the moment's the brightest, he stands out. And, uh, you know, KJ, I'll add, too, is just kind of one of those guys who, yeah, he's getting a four-star rating now and and starting to get the accolades but um just from talking to to penn state people may still feel like he's underrated um and and they feel like he could maybe even be an early early contributor so kj i would would just say that there's no question that penn state retaining anthony poindexter helped in no bigger way than making sure kj winston still ended Mm -hmm. up in penn state i don't think there's any question about that one of the superlatives we're not going to spend too much time on this edition of the blue white illustrated uh, penn state recruiting podcast if we get ready for signing day is a four-star who could play like a Mm five-star but we just mentioned two guys who fall into that category and abdul carter and kj winston and i don't know if they'll both do it immediately i don't know if it'll ever happen but 
I think they're two very easy picks in terms of guys who mm-hmm. could one day be seen as a five-star caliber college football player because they've shown some really high four-star level things uh, throughout their prep career. So I, I would say definitely keep those two in mind, no question. Yeah, KJ would have been my pick there for sure. Uh, just, I mean, I so I was reaching out to people the other night to try and and get, you know, who who do you think I should list for early playing time and things like that, you know, as we prep for signing day. And you know, the easy ones, Nick Singleton came to mind, and uh, JB Nelson, of course, offensive line, and and KJ was the one that was like, hey, did, did you mention KJ Joseph? I was like, no, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about it just because you know there's there's some depth there, and Jalen Reed's emerging, and Zaki Wheatley's pretty good, and they were like, yo. You absolutely need to get him on there. So that that's that's um, you know just somebody who stands out a little bit. And uh, I'm trying to think who else would we have? I mean, four star played like a five star. I mean, I probably go Caden Saunders too. Uh, we've we've talked about Caden a little bit, but uh, you know, he I think he's still underrated by by on three and the consensus he's 109. Um, and, you know, but I, I just I watched him at some camps this year, and you know he was he was facing some of the best DBs, and I know camp is nothing uh, like it is when you have the pads on, but my God, his explosiveness is incredible. His route running is some of the best I've ever seen. Uh, I remember watching John Dunmore destroy people at the five star challenge in Atlanta a couple years ago, and I, I would put Caden above that uh, when it comes to just the, the technique that he has. So Caden's a good pick there. I mean, Catron Allen we haven't talked about a ton uh, just because his film is very limited, and IMGs doesn't talk a lot but um don't sleep on katron allen too i think he's gonna be a heck of a player it tends to go this way where you could go in just about any number of directions mm-hmm. you mentioned john dunmore just for those curious one catch for four yards at oregon state this year he played in a <laughs> blowout win over idaho and that was it just for anybody yeah. curious what he's up I, to these days that's that one baffles me man because he was such an incredible player i mean i thought when penn state got him i was like wow this is I don't want to compare him to like Allen Robinson or anything, but like, it's just, man, this guy's going to be an impact and just didn't play out that way. But I, I just, I remember just his route running and his hands as a prospect. I mean, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't fault Penn state for that. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, here's the important thing to remember as we talk about signing day and instances like this, it's that being consistent enough to showcase these things at the high school level is one thing and being consistent enough to do it at the college level when maybe you aren't the fastest anymore or you don't have the best pair of hands or your vision's not quite the same as somebody else on the other side of the ball is another thing and sometimes it just pops up and works out that way where a guy doesn't make that transition I'm not saying that was exactly the case with John Dunmore mm-hmm. but certainly I think it's it's important to remember as we talk about all these guys that being impressive now is awesome and it looks great on paper but once that national letter of intent comes in it's time to, to move the page so to speak yeah. and flip the script yeah flip the page rather and, and move on from that stuff because you're going to soon be in the most talented weight room and the most talented position meetings you've ever been in and you have to be able mm-hmm. to bring that with you from the high school level to the college level not everyone's able to do it of course time will tell how many of the guys in this group can Ryan? Uh, I mean, you want to hit, you want to hit 60, 70%, right? I mean, if you hit 70% on your class, you're happy. So, you know, obviously as I look at them all now, they all look really good, right? I mean, that's why we have them as uh, 16, four and five star players. So uh, it's, 
you know, it's impossible to answer, but I, I just know from talking to people, if you can hit on a 70% clip in your, in your recruiting classes, uh, you, they feel like that, that, that'll get you to where, where you need to be in, in regards to, you know, 10 plus wins competing for big 10 championships, things of that sort. So that's the goal. Uh, but uh, ask me that on December 14th, 2024, and I could probably give you a better answer. There you go. So keep in mind that we'll have all this uh, coverage then and now at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. <laughs> it's the Penn State Recruiting Podcast from Blue White Illustrated. Uh, let's go into the lead recruiter uh, section of this, Ryan. Who's the assistant coach that impressed you most? I'll let you pick first because I could make a couple different uh, cases. Or do you want me to pick first while you ponder it? Because this was um, not on our list. I'll go Terry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You throw me a loop here. I, 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 prefer hey, man, I mean, I'll go Terry. Occurrence. That is a weekly occurrence. <laughs> I'll go Terry just because of how important the the Philadelphia region was this year, right? Um, it's not just about Ken Talley and Keon Wiley, but you know, going out and getting Abdul Carter and, and some other guys, and they really needed to to get a foothold back in Philly, and that played a big part uh, in this class. So Terry Terry would probably be my pick there. You know, I wish um, I'm trying to. I'm just skimming it. I'm trying to look over. I mean, Mike Yurcich landed Drew Aller. I mean, just that that single commitment alone is is just monstrous. Uh, but when it comes to you know, a large group of guys. Also with Terry, I mean, Terry, of course, oversees a lot of Texas too. So right. you got to give him a lot of credit for Christian Driver. Uh, Omari Evans was a little bit more so, Taylor Stubblefield. But, uh, you know, Terry absolutely had a big, big hand in, in, in Christian Driver. So uh, Terry would probably be my pick there, uh, I think. Yeah, I go with uh, Taylor Stubblefield here. And it's more mm -hmm. of a cumulative award for him. Uh, for me, as opposed to, I mean, he, look, I think he did a lot of good work this cycle. They have some good receivers coming in, and I think it's mm -hmm. easy to forget that because they've been committed for so long. But mm -hmm. this is a really good receiver class that's coming in here. He, of course, played a huge role in that. But also the fact that Penn State needed some stability at its receiver's coach position, and it needed some mm -hmm. stability on this offensive staff, and it needed somebody who could come in and kind of, I don't want to say add more juice at that spot, but I think he's a really good recruiter, and I think his work in this cycle should not be overlooked. When you have five wide receivers, too, keeping them all committed is very right. important as well. I mean, they had four for a while if you include Christian Driver in that. And, oh, by the way, then they went out and got Omari Evans then, you know, which you know feels right. like so long ago. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's definitely a good pick for sure. I'm trying to just trying to think of anybody else who we're, who we're not leaving or uh, not thinking of, but I think those two are pretty good. I mean, I can't can't think of anybody who certainly you know surpasses. Them. I think actually, well, we'll say John Scott. I mean, going down and getting yeah. Zane, Zane Durant uh, played a played a big part in getting Deny. Um, you know, I think he I think he's somebody notable too uh, because we we were wondering just uh, how good a recruiter uh, mm -hmm. John Scott would be, and of course they need to they need to get more top tier uh, defensive tackles in. That yeah. no one's denying that, but. Uh, I think John Scott did did fine. I think getting Zane Durant is going to be a pick that Penn State fans are really look back on with excitement in the coming years. All right. Well, we only have a few minutes left on this edition of the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast. Ryan, it's time to make our last two picks. Most underrated players. We just mentioned, I think, one of the guys that one of us is going to go with. Who's your pick? Go ahead and lead the way. Ooh. Ah, I'm looking over this now. Um I mean, Amari Evans has kind of slept on a little bit. Incredible yeah. speed, um, but I mean, we did. I, 
I'm just scared to pick him just because we don't have a ton of receiver film. Um, yeah, but I correct. know Penn State just loves. I mean, they got to watch him up close. You could when make it comes the same running, argument like with Cam Miller to some degree. Now he did play more yes. corner this year, but yes. uh, the film is still at least what we have access to is still a little bit limited. But he did put a senior really? film out this morning, like almost like a half hour ago. Really, so we will be able to oh, check, have to go that, check out. that out. Yes. I yeah. haven't seen that yet. I mean, Cam's also ranked pretty highly on on three. Uh, on yes. three, really got to see him. Uh, he did two Under Armour camps, I believe, in 2019 and early 2020. Uh, and that those numbers really played a big, big hand in uh, on three having as high as he can. Uh, what I, I'll go with JB Nelson too, though. I mean, he's so I, he's going to be a four star in on three. 247 gave him a four star rating the other day. On three was planning on doing about a month ago, and we're still working out um, how our JUCO rankings impact the uh, consensus. Uh, to be honest, whenever I put them in right now, they all turn into five star players, uh, which uh, we're, we're trying they, to get Penn worked State out right fans now. I know, love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I know. Uh, we'd love to. Uh, give JV and Tyrese five stars. That would help the rating for sure. But uh, but he will be a four star. So I mean, uh, I'd like to see where he actually ends up in that rating. But just I, I will say with JB, he's just somebody who we didn't have much film on as a freshman. Right, only played two games, came to camp, absolutely crushed it. But we still didn't have that that film and and you know really getting a, a good idea for his bend and uh, you know his his hands and his technique and all that stuff. And then when when you watch his film throughout Lackawanna, which most of his full games are available on YouTube. Uh, you really see that just that consistent improvement throughout the year. I mean, he's uh, he's absolutely a guy who uh, I think Penn State. I don't know if they're expecting him to come in and start right away next year, but they absolutely are are hoping and expecting him to to be a contributor and at least push the guys ahead of him uh, and and really provide some solid competition. If not, you know, contributing right on the field. So uh, they're they're really excited about him. And uh, you know, right now we don't have him ranked for on three, so that that's an easy pick. But he will be a four star here uh, hopefully soon. I'll go with Tyler Johnson, the receiver out of Virginia, who I think was very much overlooked in this process and won't be down the road. I also think Keon Wiley is a really good player who's going to make an impact mm-hmm. on defense within a couple of years at Penn State. I'm not sure if he's being talked about as much as maybe he should be. All right, final one here, Ryan. Instant impact. Who you got? I'm going to go with, and this is probably a little bit crazy, but I'm assuming Jordan Stout is done at the end of this season. <laughs> Penn State is going to need a punter. And I see there's some guys still on the roster who could win that job, no question. But I would not rule out Alex Pachetta, who I hope I pronounced that right, but he's also the nation's number one punter, according to Cole's kicking. And a guy who I I don't think it's crazy to think could come in and compete for that job, assuming it's open next season. Yeah, um, so that's the easy pick, right? Come on, man. I mean, (laughs) that's the easy pick, I feel like. You're the recruiting guy. I'm sure you can figure one out. (laughs) He should absolutely be contributing next year. Uh, Nick Singleton, I mean, physically, everything's there. Uh, Off the field, everything's there. I mean, I have no doubts that uh, Penn State thinks he can come in and and really, uh, you know, make a mark. Uh, Caden Saunders, of course. I mean, they've shown in the past that wide receivers can come in and make an instant impact. Look at Parker Washington two years ago. I have no doubts that he has the explosion to do it. I have no doubts that he will work hard enough uh, and, and really soak in the coaching that he gets in the spring. And, and, and you know, if he's not starting right away, I, I'd be pretty surprised if he's not getting some sort of playing time. Uh, I already mentioned J.B. Nelson. They absolutely are expecting him to come in. I also mentioned K.J. Winston earlier, too, as somebody who I was reaching out to people asking about. And I didn't think about K.J. at first. And, and that's how much that stood out to me. And I actually asked the second person, too, and they were like, yeah, that's, that's actually a really good name to have on there. Uh, again, Jalen Reed, and we'll see what happens with Jair Brown. There, there's some talent coming through there, uh, but they just think that highly of KJ. I mean, they, they still – I mean, I, I had one 
person directly say that KJ Wentz is still probably the most underrated player in this class, which that that stands out to me. Uh, and then uh, Abdul Carter too. I think I, I think I mentioned Abdul. Uh, well, I mentioned Abdul as far as you know physically and everything that he can do. You know that linebacker room needs reinforcements. Penn State's targeting linebackers in the portal. I'll be curious to see what happens with Brandon Smith uh, and and if he is he is the lead because if he's the lead then that changes a lot for next year, uh, I feel, because we know Ellis Brooks is gone. Um, so what happens with Brandon Smith will be very curious. And, uh, you know, where exactly Abdul fits in all that, we'll see. But they, they need uh, they need some depth and talent there, and uh, they're really happy with what they've seen from Carter. A mid-December edition of the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast is in the books. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. Don't forget, bluewhiteillustrated.com for all of your Penn State early signing day coverage. It's ongoing today, Tuesday, December 14th. It'll be wall-to-wall Wednesday, December 15th. And then come Thursday, December 16th, we're going to be spinning things forward to what happens next, both with this class and the others, while getting ready for the Outback Bowl. And don't forget, Ryan, UNT Frank, and we'll see what else, uh, who else rather, uh, will be live Hannafin Wednesday be night. Yeah, uh, Tom Hannafin, yeah. we're expecting as well for the BWI live edition of a signing day special. So stay tuned for that at youtube.com slash blue white illustrated. I'll give you a chance here. Any final thoughts? It looked like you were going to say something. I'm not sure if that Hannafin was it or if that was it. I was going to say. No, I was going to say, I'm taking the day off Thursday. You guys can handle right. Thursday. I'm done. I'm you kidding. I wish I could, but I will try to take the weekend off a little bit, which would be nice. But, uh, yeah, man, just excited to get this class uh, wrapped up, man. This is a great group of guys, and and I think I say that every year. But Penn State really does do, a, do an awesome job at making sure they get guys that fit, you know, guys that uh, you know aren't going to be a problem off the field. And there's so many of them. I can't list them all on just, uh, you know, just – just how good people they are too, and and so many parents in this class have been 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 great to me. So I'm really excited for them to finally you know get get this uh, signed and have everything official and uh, for them to celebrate. So Penn State has uh, I believe ten uh, early enrollees coming in. You know we we know the two quarterbacks, which uh, you know be fun to watch over the years. Sean Sean Clifford coming back, which by the way Sean Clifford coming back sets that room for years to come. And I know people yep. are, are mixed on Clifford coming back, but. My God, you have a six-year guy who's going to be able to work with Drew Allen and Bo Perbule and, of course, Christian Veyu as well and, and really just set the tone for what they need to do in the years to come. Man, I, I, I'm just surprised at how many people have kind of been lukewarm on that. I think that's an awesome thing because, yeah, you can go out and try and get a Spencer Rattler or whatever. One, they weren't coming here in the first place. And then, two, you have no idea what their work ethic is and what they're going to do behind the scenes you know, to, to, to really push themselves. You do know what Sean Clifford's going to do. You know he's going to kick ass and put a lot of film work in and uh, you know throw all of his uh, cards on the table and do everything that he can. So I think that is just an awesome thing for Drew Aller and, and Boba Bula and Christian Bayou and setting the tone for that quarterback room moving forward. It's there. a signing day, Sean Clifford podcast rant to close us down here from Ryan <laughs> Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. We will talk to you next time on the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets.
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-420-47 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.